<laughs> and like the the deal is uh so anything that um that you like don't want to address or you're like i don't want to talk about it, just be like pass and like we'll that's move, move yeah. on it like that's yeah. kind of going to be my thing like i if people want to come in and like have something serious to say like i'll let them say it but i don't want to like ask them a question and then feel like it's too serious and feel like oh no cut this whole thing like i don't want to do this anymore it's like no, right. just say pass yeah just say pass yeah. it's that uh yeah. it's that simple so um welcome ladies and gentlemen to uh i guess what ali described before uh the start of this recording as uh the beginning of an era uh this is something that i've been working towards for uh years now. I know it sounds silly. Like, why would it take you years to start a podcast? Um, it's like, we're going to do this right. We're going to do this really proper, right? Uh, the idea is that we're going to talk to interesting people who live interesting lives and have a relationship to Carbondale, um, whether it's that they live here or that they have been here or that they travel through here uh, and have a, a love and deep connection to this place. So that's kind of the theme behind this whole uh, this whole exercise, the WTF Carbondale uh, podcast project, I guess you would call it. And my first guest is... Allie Quick. Uh, Allie Quick uh, is the local news editor That's for right. Southern Illinois. Mm -hmm. yep. And this show is supposed to be about me asking questions and them telling their stories. So without me getting too far off track, I'm just going to say, Allie, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Allie Quick. I am the local news editor for the Southern Illinoisan, which you said. Um, what that means is I basically handle a lot of the local news. I mean, I'm responsible for planning kind of that local news portion of the newspaper every day. You know, newspaper is a mix of sports, national news, world news, local news, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of my focus is working with reporters on making sure we have local news in the newspaper every day. Nice. Nice. And you, like your a reporter by trade, like you're not just like a manager or whatever, like you've earned your stripes getting there. Uh, a little, maybe okay. not as much as I should have. So, uh, <laughs> I briefly, briefly worked as a reporter in college, mm -hmm. um, which was required of me in the degree program. I went to Mizzou. Um, the Missouri method is you have to spend time working as a reporter as part of your education. So mm -hmm. I did that. Uh, and then when I graduated from college, I actually went into marketing, um, and kind of came up that way okay. and then worked in development fundraising for a while and then came back to newspapers. So I've had a kind of like, I wouldn't say it was traditional. Like I didn't come up and claw my way up from being a reporter. Um, okay. I got recruited by the Southern. Uh, they were looking for somebody to be an online editor is what it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. So my experience in some web development and marketing they thought would kind of lend itself to that along with my degree in journalism and some experience there. So... That's how I got there. So not exactly the traditional, you know, one step, two step kind of like through the ranks thing. Fair enough. And I didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> now it's gonna be, no, I didn't, earn anything. Gonna be like, I didn't she, earn anything. Did she misrepresent? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the, so. So you got. So that's how you came to be in Carbonell. Was like you got headhunted and recruited for uh, working here at the Southern Illinois. Right. Uh, twice. So when I left college, <laughs> okay. uh, I actually got recruited to a job at Little River Research and Design. And that's how I moved to Carbondale the first time in mm -hmm. 2011. Um, so that's where I got my start in my career and was doing marketing for them primarily and selling some river models. They're the, the local company that builds those um, river models. You know, they show mm -hmm. how 
river changes land over time. It's been a long time since I worked there, so I don't remember our like marketing line exactly. Um, but uh, the guy who runs that company um, had known my parents, and so we were friends on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's not like you know my dad was like give my daughter a job or anything. We just happened to be friends <laughs> on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I was job hunting as I was getting ready to graduate from college. And he noticed that I was job hunting through some of the posts I made on Facebook and invited me to apply for a position there. And so that's how I came to Carbondale the first time and then moved to Colorado for a while, worked out there in some fundraising and then got recruited again to come back to the Southern. So, yeah, (laughs) I got so close to Carbondale, Colorado, and then I just got pulled back to Carbondale, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, it really is a place that you kind of can't leave. And I'm not mad about that or anything. I love it here. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's my home and it's the place I've been, I've come back to twice now and can't imagine really going anywhere else, but I don't know, maybe I'll eat my words in a few years. I don't know. No, please but, don't. Yeah. Please stay. <laughs> so it's That's funny. the plan. The, uh, it, it's funny. The, uh, somebody who has kind of a similar back and forth story to Carbondale, uh, that I didn't know about until a couple months ago when I was talking to somebody about it was, um, uh, Terry Clark, who is now the. Uh, I think the dean of the school of business, and uh, but he was just a, a, a neighbor uh, when he moved here, maybe the second or the third time, and his son John happened to be the same age as uh, me. So when somebody was telling me that story earlier, I was like, "Oh wow!" So like Terry's gotten both like the really cool 1960s, 1970s impression of Carbondale, left, done some stuff, and then came back again. And it's like yeah. you know. You know, gravitational pull. It's not that uncommon for people to come back. I know quite a few people who've done it. Um, in fact, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day about coming back to Carbondale, kind of coming back to the Midwest after maybe mm-hmm. living on the coast or something um, and trying to decide if that's like a good thing or a bad thing to come back to Carbondale. You mm-hmm. know, I think there's some conflict about that in the community about especially people our age, you know, yeah. kind of. 30s whatever, <laughs> 40s to 40s uh-huh. um, coming back here. And it's like, is this good or bad that I've come back, but we both agree that it was a good thing because we've both moved back after mm-hmm. moving away. So it was kind of like, yeah, I, it seems I know quite a few people who have done it. So there is something about it. It's the black hole or whatever, <laughs> but it's the best black hole, the That's finest right. of it, all black holes. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in a black hole anywhere else on this earth. <laughs> That's for sure. No, uh, my aunt, I mean, you, you know, uh, Andrew, like Andrew and Ian. Andrew, have you ever met these friends of mine? No? I don't think okay, so. Cool, probably for the best. Uh, so they're, they've been up in Chicago for like the past six years, and now he's got to come back um, after so many years of, of being away because like, well, that's just kind of the yeah. hand that the pandemic has forced on them, people mm. working in the service industry. Like, you know, there's there's all sorts of people that have these Carbondale roots that it's like now they're out of an option yeah. in many places. So maybe right. coming home. No, we'll have a good old-fashioned Carbondale renaissance. Yeah, I mean, there is something kind of magical about Carbondale, mm-hmm. I think, in a way. Um, for me, I mean, obviously coming back here, uh, yeah, you know, I was invited to apply to the Southern, but I was so excited. I was ready to come back. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was. I mean, I was living in Colorado, and it just wasn't for me. It just really wasn't working out. And I know a lot of people love it, and there were definitely things to love about it. Um, so not knocking it in any way, but I was really, really, really pumped to come back. Like yeah. I wanted to come back. So how was yeah. how was your Nathan with the coming back to Carbondale? I mean, had he been yeah. here the first time, or I don't? Yeah. You know, what did you, what is your guys' yeah. backstory? Like, so, did you meet in Carbondale? Yeah, my yes. Nathan, <laughs> meaning my husband Nathan. Um, we met at Little River Research and Design. We both worked there, uh-huh. so we met at work. Um, he was working in 
the building. I was working in the selling, and uh, that's how we met. So he had come here to go to school, um, went to SIU, was working there, and then we met and um, started dating. We went to Colorado together um, when he got a job with the Park Service. So he uh, spent some time working um, in Rocky Mountain National Park, and then we came back. Uh, it was a seasonal job that he, that he took. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like it didn't work out or anything. Um, but we weren't sure what we were going to do. We were thinking like, maybe we'll stay, you know, when the six months is over, I had a permanent job in, in Colorado. So, um, so yeah, so he was working at the park service and we were both really excited to come back. Um, he had a much better experience in Colorado than I did. He works in natural resources, yeah. obviously working for the national park is an awesome job, but it was seasonal. So it's not like, so he was kind of like, I'll do whatever, you know, but, um, (laughs) but he really likes it here too. Um, for sure. I mean, over the years that we've been together, there've been job offers here or there, you know, and he's like, I want to stay, you know, I'd I'd like to stay like whenever I'm like, should we move to like this place where I got an offer? No, you know, so, (laughs) um, so he's, you know, really, um, he loves it here and, and was happy to come back and happy to stay here, I think. So. Ah, that's yeah. good. Well, and he still gets to get out a little bit. I mean, he's been fighting fires. Yeah. Yeah. So he works for the Nature Conservancy now. He does um, prescribed fire for them and invasive species management, stuff like that. And as part of that, he's also one of the people who uh, is sometimes called to join these interagency fire crews. Um, and so, yeah, he just got back from Colorado. He was on the Pine Gulch fire. So, yeah. It's wild stuff. Yeah. yeah like, what what around here does he do i mean so he's so he's doing like the prescribed burn stuff like if i'm driving down spillway road and there's something on fire right out there sometimes yeah so. i mean there are actually quite a few agencies around here that do prescribe fire so it's mm-hmm. not always one agency you know sometimes it's a state sometimes it's a forest service fire dogs there's all these like different agencies that do these things so mm-hmm. it's not always him you know what i mean it's not always his it's not always his company or his work you know they're yeah. nonprofit, so it's not always the nature conservancy for example it could be various um agencies or sometimes they work together they often do so um so yeah so he does that and obviously burn season is only like part of the year they don't burn year round yeah. um so they're also doing you know timber stand improvement and um invasive species management and stuff like that so we don't burn year round yet you just wait climate change will get us there yeah, it's not fun. I don't yeah, know. I we'll see. <laughs> I'm like, let's hope not. This this year has been just it's been devastating to watch. I mean, what's been going on? Yeah. And, you know, obviously I care a great deal about the news and I watch the news and mm-hmm. I pay attention to what's going on, but when your husband is like, I'm going to go there, you're like, "Oh my gosh." Like you just think about it really differently. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of religiously following what's going on. You know, is everyone okay? is it contained like, you know, that this thing, like it becomes a lot more personal, obviously, because I'm home by myself for two weeks, you know, thinking like, I hope he's okay, you yeah. know, and he's back and every, he's fine. So yeah. <laughs> and his whole crew is back and they're fine. And, um, they talked to the paper and, and did a nice little, Isaac wrote a nice little story about what they did. I had nothing to do with it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hands on hands off version of like, okay, there's new stuff happening in my life, but yeah. Well, we got a news release from the IDNR who put together the crew that mm-hmm. Nathan was on. And so when I got the news release, I forwarded it to Tom English, the executive editor, mm-hmm. my boss. You know, he oversees 
everything basically as local news editor i'm executing his vision for the paper right so so i forwarded it to him and the reporters and i was just like here's this thing yes like my husband was part of this i recognize that like i'm not gonna make a decision like if anyone's interested like tom weigh in what you think if it's like newsworthy you know because Obviously, I think it's newsworthy, you know what I mean? And yeah. and even if I can set that bias aside, and I know I can, it, I still find it's best to be transparent about that, you know, with my boss and my coworkers to be like, hey, I have a personal connection, so, like, y'all decide if you want to do anything with this, so. Well, and how, how much of that comes through in, like, your day-to-day life, right? Like, you're a very social person, right? You're connected to a number of, uh, of folks. I mean, you... Uh, you host trivia nights and you're, you're involved in nonprofits and, and other uh, community activity, just like so many people are in this town. Like where, where do you have to kind of draw those lines between, you know, your involvement and being able to hand something off as a news product to the rest of the team? Yeah. I mean, I think about it like, puppies and the environment everybody cares about so it's fine you know Uh if I want to go like pick up trash and volunteer or whatever I don't see it as a conflict because yeah we might report on keeping Harbondale beautiful for example or something like Mm -hmm. that who does these like trash pickups that shouldn't preclude me from like picking up trash with them if I like want to do that right (laughs) or like the straight animal rescues and stuff like that. There are many around here and we report on them all the time. And like, sometimes they do take public money and stuff. So of course that's Mm -hmm. something we're going to be interested in. But again, it's like, it's for the stray dogs. You know, I feel like that's not like very controversial to be involved in stuff like that and volunteer for that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think that you have to be a person. I'm a person, you know, I live in the community. And there are going to be things that I'm involved with. I mean, I, I just, I try to be transparent about that. Yeah. You know, when I started hosting Trivia Night at Hangar four years ago. <laughs> Is it? That's great. It was, it's been four years. I, <laughs> yeah. Like since I moved, I mean, yeah, 16, I'm pretty sure is when I started doing it. So 2016. So yeah, four years. Um, I also edit the entertainment section for the newspaper. So, you know, obviously Hangar has events going on and we have to preview them or cover them or, you know whatever, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. So I just, again, went to my boss, Tom, and just said like, hey, I have this opportunity. I really want to do it. I think it'll be fun and it shouldn't really interfere with work. But, you know, I just want to make sure that you're okay with that. What do you think? Um, Is this okay? Is this a conflict? So, you know, it's always, you just got to, I mean, in, in my line of work, I try to just be really open and, you know, all of us kind of have those conversations if we need to. You know, if somebody's connected to something, it's a small town, like Mm -hmm. it's unavoidable. You know what I mean? So, you know, the other thing is that we're like adult, intelligent people. So it's like, (laughs) I I feel really confident that we're all able to like put aside our own stuff, our own bias or whatever. And and for me, what helps me is talking about that with my colleagues and just getting it out there, you know, so that's how we handle that kind of stuff. That's great. Well, and it's, it's vulnerability, right? Like it's like, I'm, I'm willing to expose, you know, all of, all of my feelings and, and thoughts and activities to you in order to, you know, avoid, you know, any sort of issue that would arise. I mean, there, there are legitimately news sources at all different levels that operate based on interest of individuals and not on interest of the public good. And I think that's arguably something y'all do a really good job of of being like concerned with public good. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we are. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we really are. I I mean, I think that we all, I I don't want to speak for my colleagues too much, but I think that, you know, 
we would all agree that um, we want to we want to make positive change in our communities. And I don't think that that's like a bad thing to admit, Mm -hmm. you know, positive change can be, sometimes it can be hard and feel bad, right? Like exposing public corruption. Molly Mm -hmm. Parker has done an amazing job reporting on HUD in Cairo. Many people are familiar with that series. She worked on it for years and years um, because the news just kept happening. And, you know, it wasn't always like, positive change like it wasn't always, it didn't feel good like there were some really hard hard things that that she was writing about mm-hmm. and exposing um but ultimately you know the goal was accountability and you know that's part of positive changes um holding our publicly elected officials accountable following where the money goes the public money goes you know so it's not always happy but you know <laughs> that i mean i think that's that's why we're here no, that's uh, no, and and that's uh, you know, I I don't mean to get too far into all the professional realm stuff, right? There's there's so much more to this conversation I want to have, but it helps to establish context, right? That sure. that people you know understand uh, that you're you're both part of the story and telling the story, right? And I I think that's. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of uh, that's a lot. We about- try not to be part of the story, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely don't want to be a part of it. And, and like I said, there are times where people will say, this is my childhood friend. This is my cousin's husband, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are those times where we just have to say, I can't touch it. Yep, I'm not going to touch it. And so, I mean, we we recognize we live in a small town and that there are going to be those overlaps sometimes. Uh, but in our newsroom, we try really hard to keep keep those things separate. Yeah. And so again, that's where the communication comes in with all of us, just kind of like understanding where the other people are at and, and just feeling comfortable to say like, Hey, I have a conflict on this. Like I just can't be the one to do it and that's fine. So and it yeah. comes out, comes out looking right on the other end. So you, you talked about being a, a bar fly. Were you a bar fly before Carbondale? Um, a little bit, a little okay. bit. Yeah. Um, so I went to Mizzou. I, I came here right after college. So mm-hmm. I went to Mizzou and that's in Columbia, Missouri. And there was a bar right across the street from the Missourian building. That's the newspaper. And that's where, you know, all the, the like J school professors have their offices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the tin can was right across the street from the Missourian. And so I would, you know, after school or work or whatever, <laughs> I found myself at the tin can pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of my first taste of like being early 20s, you know, 21 and like having a home base bar mm-hmm. and knowing the the musician who had a weekly show there every Thursday. Like just kind of that like very familial homey feeling of like they know my name. They like know my drink order <laughs> and like what song I want to hear and stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, I found that to be really comforting when I was like just old enough to go to bars. Um, yeah. So I guess I've been a bar fly since I was old enough to be one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like PKs knows your drinks order, drink order and they know your name, uh, but they you also know that they're just going to play heavy metal music. And that's Hey, I can pay need. for the jukebox, you know, at PKs. <laughs> and I definitely have got in there and played some things that I don't know, you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it used to be more like that. Now I feel like, I mean, that's the good thing about PKs. It's very come as you are, right? I had Mm -hmm. a friend who is like, still, he's still my friend. He just doesn't live in Carbondale anymore. That's why I'm using the past tense. But he's very much alive and well and will be back to visit when it's safe to do so. Um, But he was known around town as just kind of an eccentric character, goofy guy. And he would wear these like costumes just on a regular day, you know, Mm -hmm. tracksuit with like a 
necklace and just weird stuff, right? And he kind of wanted the attention. Like he was, he's very funny and it like, mm-hmm. it's fun. Like he's dressed up and people want to take pictures with them because he's just like kind of a bubbly guy or whatever. And we would go to PKs and he would just be like, because like nobody would say anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's very much like come as you are. And I feel like, you know, PKs has maybe a reputation or has had one over the years, but mm-hmm. I've always known that place to be just like, safe and come as you are and you know very little judgment there I I mean unless you're really like doing something bad and being a bad person you know I mean play what you want (laughs) on the jukebox we all suffer through each other's jukebox music like whatever you know so (laughs) I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a while to finally just like plug in like a an iPod connector and be like that's it we're controlling it from behind the bar until it hits eight o'clock and then you guys can mess with each other <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know I think the the like what are you gonna get on the jukebox is part of the charm sometimes so and that's you know again what I like about PK is it's come as you are and it's kind of uh it's home for all kinds you know you hear all kinds of different stuff on the jukebox and I think that reflects kind of the diversity of the people who hang out there mm-hmm. which is what I like about it so no yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly uh and and just glad that's gonna gonna stick around for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, through thick and thin pan- pandemic and all. Um, so on on other bar activity, you said that you've four years ago is when you started the trivia night. Have there been trivia hanger before? Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, yeah. And I used to go and play. I mean, that's how I even got in that situation. Anyways, because I would um, go and play trivia with friends and we were there like every week we were regulars you know um so I got to know some of the people who worked at hangar and so like years later when it was like hey we might be looking for somebody or whatever I don't even remember how it went down I think I I guest hosted once when somebody was out of town or or something Mm and um and uh then started hosting a, a few months later um so yeah just I mean just by going a lot to trivia and enjoying trivia and um knowing some of the people who who work there so yeah. I mean, and, and currently, um, during the pandemic, um, trivia is happening at hangar right now. I'm just not hosting it. So somebody's filling in for me. So, um, nice maybe one. it's the end of my run. I don't know. I hope not. I, yeah. I want to go back. That's the plan eventually is to go back. And, um, somebody else is hosting right now. Um, and they're not doing like paper and pencil answer sheets, mm-hmm. which is good. You know, um, I worked with the the guy who's who's hosting it right now to set up some electronic answer forms and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm taking a little break You're right like, now. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up all the systems and I'm gonna be the one that can manage it and <laughs> I, mean, I will I just have my his, way back at the trivia. No. I mean, I hope. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the plan. The plan is that he is filling in temporarily until I'm ready to go back, which is really nice. Um, I miss it a lot. I have like a hard time even thinking about it sometimes I, I just miss it but um but uh yeah I mean so it's still I mean it's been my thing for four years and I kind of have made it my own I think I think um you know I made some theme nights and started doing that and we've had a lot of fun doing that and um you know so I think um if something's gonna happen with trivia like I, I'm gonna be the one to do it and so I was like this guy's filling in like he's not really responsible for for it like he's kind of helping the bar out and and like having a good time I hope and and all that um so I'm like hey let me help you like I've already thought about this and I I know exactly what you should do you know so I just thought it's more like helping because I've just done trivia for so long it's like second nature I can like do it in my sleep so yeah (laughs) you'd be game show host at some point in time in the dream job dream job is it I mean, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I mean, 
Um, we used to joke that my dad looked like Alex Trebek um, when Trebek had the mustache. So um, you mean like this super sweet mustache? I mean, it was more. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe his, yeah. Uh, I think Trebek's close. and my dad's are a little bushier than that. But um, <laughs> so my dad, uh, you know, when I was in high school, my friends thought he looked like Alex Trebek, and so I'm like, yeah, like it's just like it's in my blood. I feel like this like trivia gene. Like someday, yeah, that would be so much fun to be like Jeopardy host or, or you know, whatever, anything like that. I like ask me another on NPR. I think mm-hmm. that's fun. I like her. You know, I'm like I. I do that so yeah well we should figure out a way to use access to resources that we have <laughs> i almost i almost broke the fourth wall on the whole setup here but right <laughs> um that uh that yeah not like that's in that that kind of fits into this whole creator dale concept which is something for another video but to say that like okay well you know, of, of a list of hundred creators, where would Allie fit in? Okay, cool. Can we get Allie a game show? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe someday, maybe someday. My allegiance is still to Hanger for sure. That's, so that's fair. you know, that's a hey, turn turn the Hanger game <laughs> trivia night into a broader digital game show live from Hanger Nine. <laughs> uh, I just, it's it's wild. I would have never thought that uh, a situation like this would show how uh, you know everybody if they just take their their. Uh, studio equipment home with them are in the same like level as you know all your top tier talent folks more or less yeah <laughs> I mean we've got that uh the southern radio hour you were on mm-hmm. um Arizona WDBX 8 a.m Mondays and then um we also release them on our podcast platforms and uh it was kind of a learning curve for me because we before the pandemic we were recording at WDBX mm-hmm. and it's all of us in a round table and their studio is like pretty small yeah um comfy but but i mean once the pandemic hit it was like out of the question to have yeah. five of us like you know close you know sharing mics in some cases stuff like that i mean it was just like not gonna happen so i had to start recording from home and that was the learning curve for me i'm a newspaper <laughs> person yeah i did digital stuff but it's like i i don't have any like fancy mics or professional mics or anything in my house so i'm just like so, like slowly muddling through i think like our our audio quality is like slowly like clawing its way up from absolute crap. <laughs> That's the goal. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, and it takes time, you know, it takes time to sit down and figure this stuff out. Sure. And you can figure it out. A lot of it's open source, perfectly capable, but it's like, there's so many hours in a day, you know? So, so I was struggling with that a little bit of like feeling like I was really on par, like listening to podcasts and going like, they sound so good. Like, Oh, I'm still trying to figure out how to do this remotely you know, stuff. So where uh, did, did that, was that an idea that you had presented? Did that come down from corporate? Was it a collaboration within the office? How did that? So let me think, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it was something we kind of talked about doing around the office um, of just like, we should do that someday. We should do that someday. We should do that someday. And Gabe, who was a reporter at the Southern at the time, he's moved on. Um, but yeah, I remember he basically was like, let's do it today. Let's do it today. Like he was very much that person that was like, you keep talking about this. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Um, And so we'd been looking for ways to kind of collaborate with WDBX over the years. Um, And uh, I think something happened where their Monday schedule changed and they were looking to fill it with just different stuff. And I don't remember who approached who, but um, yeah, it was something that I kind of like told the reporters about, like, I guess we should do this at some point. And Gabe's like, we're starting it today. And everyone was like, okay, Gabe, whatever you say, like, I guess we're starting it today. <laughs> so yeah. 
were you a, I mean do you do you like it I mean are you a fan of like hitting the you know, expanding the media platform yeah and- I am I mean I feel like I you know it's WDBX's community radio and you know I can't just go on there and be like buy the southern buy the southern buy the southern yeah. but uh you know it's like a don't forget about the Southern. Like, that's kind of how I see it is like, Hey, like if you didn't know, like we're doing this work seven days a week, like here, here it is, you know, in case you missed it kind of thing. And I very much love podcasts. I'm that, like, I just like to multitask. I like to have noise in the background. I grew up in a house that was like NPR 24 seven, just like always some noise on or whatever. So I'm still just like that. And, um, so I love that just like a different option. You know, I like those little podcasts that, that cover some news and go in depth and different things like that. I mean, ours is very highlights, you know, it's an hour long show. There are three reporters who work full time for the Southern correspondents sometimes join us sometimes special guests like you came on the show. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just hitting highlights is what I see that we do is just kind of like one of those shows where it's like from the past week, here are like the big moments if you missed it. So yeah, I think it's fun. And, um, you know, it's extra work and um, newspaper careers aren't known for making you rich. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, it's it's a labor of love, but um, I do really like it. I, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm kind of like one of those annoying people that just like pops everywhere. Like, hey, did you know I like host this thing in Hangar? Hey, did you know I also like, you know, work at the paper. Hey, do you know, I also like have a radio show and I do the magazine and I do this thing. It's like, here's my face again. I don't know. I feel like I'm, you can relate. <laughs> I think there are so many people in this town that can relate that like, that's what I'm trying to coax out with this whole project, right? Like there are so many of us that uh, this town, that's what makes the character. Right. Like mm-hmm. because everybody is just so interested in so many things and like refuses to just do one thing. Nobody's just like, yeah, I'll be the sports person and that's all I'll be interested. I like football and I'm only going to football. It's like now the football guy is like also a jet but propulsion laboratory engineer, too. Right. And, you know, <laughs> happens to have a, you know, patent on, uh, you know, the six wheel roller skate. I don't know. Like it's just. Silly stuff <laughs> in this town. I, Tom Grant was once telling me a story about uh, how one of the first like proper commercial drones that went into military use was like made in some like upstairs apartment somewhere in Carbondale in like the late eighties, wow. early nineties or something. Wow. I, you know, and it's just yeah, that sounds like something that would happen in Carbondale. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should have a notebook and jot that down. That, that's an interesting story. Well, I mean, the working at Little River Research, right? I mean, that's – so talk talk a little bit more about I – mean, do you do you have enough recollection on that job that you feel yeah. comfortable? Okay, so, like, you know, I've, I've seen it when it was in, you know, the smaller building there on 13 and then when it moved out to 51. Mm-hmm. And, uh, shucks, I saw, you know, Carbondale Spring folks building chicken coops. So cool, um, yeah. <laughs> using, yeah. Using that space. What uh, – Excuse me. Um, you know what? What is the whole function concept of that business, and like, yeah. you know how it got started in Southern Illinois? Carbon yeah. Um, so it's primarily concerned with fluvial geomorphology, which is a really fancy way of saying how flow of rivers changes land over time. Will you repeat? <laughs> 
Fluvial. Fluvial, which means river. Okay. Uh, geomorphology. Geo meaning earth, morph meaning change. Okay. So how how the flow of the river changes the earth. Erosion, right? Uh-huh. Like we walk around, we know erosion happens. Um, and so over time, you know, rivers will like change the land and flow different ways just over time slowly eroding land you know and like finding different places to go Mm -hmm. um and so it it's it's not like a it's not they don't make models that are like this is the mississippi river it's not like that it's like this is what happens if you like dredge land from like a river bank this Mm -hmm. is how it will affect upstream because that changes the flow of the water here's how it would change you know the, the land upstream from that. Mm-hmm. Steve's going to watch this and be like, uh, or yay. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's been a long time. I mean, I used to know this stuff like the back of my hand because it was, it's a small operation. And so when I was working there, we all did a little bit of everything. You know, I primarily did marketing, but I also mm-hmm. wrote like user manuals and I also like taught using it because I mean, obviously we all have to know how to teach with it because they're teaching materials and research materials, but it mm-hmm. was like, you got to know how to use the thing to sell it. Right. And kind of like know what you're talking about. And we would Mm -hmm. go to these conferences with geologists and, you know, scientists that were like way more educated than me. And I would have to like hold a conversation with this person about like what this model does to try to sell it. And so, so I learned a lot about it, but it has been several years. I left there in 2014, I think. Uh So, um, yeah, so it's been a little while. So, um, but yeah, I, for, for a while there, I was just like, I know a lot of things about erosion and erosion control. And I understand fluvial gif jaff. How like Lava. a how an oxbow <laughs> lake is formed and yeah. stuff like that. So anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's really it's just it's one of those really cool Carbondale things though, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I mean, I think like a lot of people and a lot of businesses like worldwide, there's just a family connection. You know, um, the the business owners like have family here. And mm-hmm. so this is where they wanted to be, to be home, you know, near family. And so that's why the business is here. And primarily they sell to universities and museums. And so it kind of makes sense. Like it's university town and, you know, makes sense. It's so that, that's why it's in Carbondale. That's my understanding anyway. It's like, it's all about family and being close to, to where you like to live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a place that's kind of a, a like worth living type place. So your your husband is obviously very outdoorsy. Does that mean that you are also very outdoorsy? Medium. As well. Medium. medium. <laughs> You're like medium? Yeah. When we first started dating, like sometimes I look back on it and I'm like, gosh, when we first started dating, we spent so much time in the woods. And I, I don't know. I think I was trying to like be like, yeah. I love you. And so I love the woods too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like at the same time, he spent more time in bars back then than he would, you know, later in our relationship where it was yeah. like he it's Friday and he's like, I'm tired. And I'm like, well, I'm going out, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think early on, like a lot of like, I mean, it's totally normal to me, you know, early on, you're kind of like, we want to be together all the time yeah. and, you know, mesh our worlds together. And then once you live together for a while and you're like married, you're like, eh, I'm just going to do what I want, you know? And that's not a bad yeah. thing. I didn't mean to like, well, it's not yeah. bad. It's great. I, I love that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, we're outdoorsy and I'm like medium outdoorsy. Yeah. yeah. I like to hike and I love to be on the water and swim. And so he likes to fish. So it's good. Yeah. Nice. It's good. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just, a, I wasn't sure if we were like going to go down the rabbit hole. This is how much I like to be outdoors and this is where I go. And da, da, da. He's like, nah, just I'll go outdoors when I have to go outdoors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say during the pandemic, I've spent a lot of time 
on the water and that's been really yeah. nice um as where just you, like a nice guys, socially distance activity you guys kayak mm-hmm. and stuff where yeah. do you cedar lake cedar or, okay. and little grassy is where we've been this summer been uh-huh. to cedar a lot um so yeah it's nice to be out there and and be able to see friends from far away and you know distance but yet still kind of feel like it's just a nice like summer day you yeah. know so that's nice well and like socialization is almost this idea that we are still all in a place together. We don't have to physically be smushed up against one another. We can just be, oh, cool, the parking lot's full of people. I looked over there, and there was like a something still on a chair, and I was like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the, um, so so this, this idea that... Uh, you know, we are we are figuring out ways to build uh, social interactions that are not typical of our physical closeness or determined by that. So, you know, I think that would be a pretty, pretty neat deal. I was we we did the um, oh, keep Carbondale beautiful trash motorcycle pickup nice. thing. Yeah, it was so good. Nice. First off, like yeah. shout out to Anne. Yeah, she's she, awesome. And she is kicking butt. Yep. At, uh, <laughs> in that role. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, where, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Just like right, riding out there, and like we were gonna check out and pick out, pick up stuff, and there were just, you know, parking lot full of, full of trucks and and SUVs and everybody from loading up fishing boats to kayaks, and it was just like, yeah, this is this is just as much community as, you know, sitting shoulder to shoulder, wherever doing whatever. Yeah. 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 It's neat stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know where where do you want to go where do you want to go next like what what's a what's a thing that some people may not like know like right so you're you're talking about okay cool I, I do this and people recognize me here or they recognize me at, at trivia or newspaper or you know my favorite bar seat here like but what's something very Carbondale-y that I don't know that you like that's kind of your your hidden passion with this place. <sighs> Okay, I guess I'll talk about something I used to do but don't do anymore. So okay. It's like a fun fact, I guess. Um, I was in a crappy garage band, which I feel like is like a very quintessential Carbondale thing. Yeah. Um, is like to have a band, you know, you got to have a band uh, yeah. at least at some point, right? Um, when I first moved here, uh, I really didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew this guy who had hired me to work in his small business. And I had met some of my coworkers a couple of times, but I really didn't know anybody. Um, and that was the first for me to move somewhere where I just like knew no one. Yeah. Um, so I was at PK's one night and this like really goofy weird guy comes up to me and says, I noticed you've been admiring my tattoo. And I was like very offended by that. I was like 21 and thought I was like so hard. And I was just like, you're hitting on me, whatever. (laughs) Um, but we got to talking and, uh, he was like, let's play music. Let's, oh, you play music or whatever, you know, just talking, whatever. Um, and so, you know, oh, you like to play music. Okay. Well, come let's hang out tomorrow and we'll uh, work out a song and we'll go and do open mic night at hangar mm-hmm. on Monday. This was like Friday. So like by Monday we were going to go do open mic night at hangar. And I don't know anyone. This is like the first friend I like made in the whole in Carbondale. Um, and so we did, we got together, we played music and played open mic night. And that was such a rush for me to be like, I mean, within like, you know, just a month maybe of moving here, like already being on stage at hangar open mic. Right. But it was yeah. still just like, Oh my gosh, I'm like young and stupid and I don't know what's going on. And I'm not very good at my instrument, you know, but, <laughs> um, and so we just started playing music together after that. And, you know, I was like, we gotta have a band. We gotta have a band. Um, and so we started a band and we got together three of us in, uh, 
gross Carbondale basement. Because mm-hmm. um, there's must, no musty. better place to start a band. So. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's the perfect place. And so um, we called ourselves heavy folk. We did not take ourselves very seriously at all. It was just all about having a good time. We never had a gig. <laughs> We, um, we, but somebody, uh, was like talking trash about us apparently and was like, they're not a real band if they don't have stickers. So of course we made a logo and made stickers like the next week. We were like very motivated. Like we are a real band. We have stickers. Um, so we had so much fun and I learned a lot about writing music. You know, we did write our own music. Mm -hmm. We played some house parties, also like a very Carbondale thing to do. Mm It was just so fun, you know. We would bring a smoke machine and we had like a theremin. Like we were just having fun. And, um, you know, we like we were never I mean, we recorded a few songs just like at home. You know, my friend is really good at that stuff and recorded Mm -hmm. us. And um, so that it lives out there. It's it's out there. Um, That music is on the Internet. All right. Name name it. Name it one more time. Um, The band is called Necropostrophe. I thought you said it was like something folk. What was? We... Oh, uh, that was our genre. We called oh. ourselves heavy folk oh, because you... I play ukulele, and so it was like punk folk, where it was just like, we, like it was that punk rock inspired uh, lyrically. It's um, uh, <laughs> immature. Let's uh-huh. say that a little immature. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it would have an explicit label if it were sold in stores, mm-hmm. which it won't be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, so. You know, and um, so we kind of had that punk influence of being kind of like DIY and we were just kind of having fun. We didn't care what anybody thought and, um, you know, whatever. It was just fun. But um, but it was a good learning experience for me. I mean, as goofy as it was and as much as it was like, yeah, we never had a show, like whatever. And I haven't, you know, I'm out of practice now and who knows. But um, But I learned a lot about writing music. Like just actually pushing myself to do it and having somebody accountable to and and accountable to like practice. Um, and you know, being like a woman in my twenties, like trying to figure out who I'm like growing into and just, you know, I've struggled with like self-confidence, which I think a lot of us have. And um, you know, that helped me just kind of be like, you know, oh, I gotta like get on stage and like play because like that like these two guys who was like my idea to start the stupid band in the first place <laughs> you know they want to practice and play and so it's like I gotta just like get over it and like get on the mic and sing and play my instrument and mess up and figure it out so I mean yeah not to get like mushy or anything but it was like very goofy and if you listen to Necropostrophe you'll be like oh my god um because <laughs> it is immature like I said but we had so much fun so um and I learned a lot so that's very like that's very Carbondale right yeah to me it is of just it's a place where you can just be yourself like it is so like in my experience like I've I've just I I met just a really great like ragtag ragtag band kind of group of friends um who were like pretty different from me and you know so I learned a lot and I just got to have fun and be goofy like that's that's what I love about Carbondale <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's why I'm so excited that you like were so ready to do stand up comedy. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, I think I even like when you said that you were like, oh, you could do stand up at our like open stand up show or whatever that you had Sundays. And I'm like, I don't think I need to be on stage another night on the strip in Carbondale. <laughs> Yeah, because for a while I was also hosting Bingo and Hanger, so it was just like, oh my god, are you guys sick of me or whatever. But um, but it would have been really fun to try it, and um, I've been kind of like practicing my, yeah, I told you that yeah. I 
had a piece of scrap paper that I was like writing um, joke ideas on or whatever. And I found it recently. And so I've just kind of like had it in my back pocket and like, you know, talking to friends, I'll just like pull one out every now and then and try it. Like, is this going to land? Like, okay, that works. It doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish it had happened, but yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it's, there's uh, still future. I mean, two years from now, whenever we're all allowed to be back inside again and it's actually safe, not like we're allowed to be inside and also like fearing for our lives. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's my favorite part. Uh, that that gets an awkward finger gun. That's what that gets. I just I <laughs> I do I, have an awkward finger the, gun. The, this the uh, whatever the news article was a couple days ago that was like, well, even after the vaccine, we're probably going to be wearing masks in theaters for like the next year after that. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, like additional precautions and like to properly stop all of this, you know, spread of a excuse me, spread of the virus, um, and so yeah. Anyway, you're getting getting off track again. So I'm excited for for I hope I hope that you're able to maintain the interest and the and the passion towards an additional form of performance in yeah. By the time we can have performances again, like you said, who knows what it's going to be like? I mean that and that's really scary for me to think about. And um, you know, hoping that our favorite places are still here. I mean, you know, we've talked about so many places I haven't been to in a while. Yeah, and that is hard. I mean, it's hard. I, I feel bad. I know people are going and like, it's probably fine, but, but I don't it, know. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to support yourself before you can support an organization because you want to make sure that you're in proper straits to feel comfortable supporting an organization. So, I mean, yeah, it is, it is reasonable to both be in space as well as to be like, I'm still going to keep paused from it. Right. What do you, what, I mean, outside of the obvious PK's hanger, uh, what, what are you, what are you missing? Like what, is there like one thing yeah. specifically that you're just like, ah, I want it back? Well, I, I miss my family. I, I really, I, um, especially my parents, um, I, I go and visit with them outside. Um, and it's like a nerve wracking experience every time I do, you know, cause I'm just like, scared I just want them to be okay and make it but I really miss going to my mom's house and like being able to walk in and pet her dogs and like you know have a glass of wine and whatever got to eat with my dad I really miss that a lot um so that's been tough I miss and one thing that zoom just can't do I mean I've done a lot of like zoom game nights Mm -hmm. with my family and friends you know, um, house party, you know, the app, stuff like that. What I really miss is like being at an actual physical house party and like going out to smoke a cigarette or whatever and like meeting the random person and you just have this like five minutes. It's just you two or whatever. Yeah. Or like you see a friend you haven't seen in a while and you're able to like pull your friend aside and be like this thing that I don't want to talk about with an entire room of people, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about with my friend in person and just sort of like commiserate or like share this exciting moment or whatever. But like even like little socially distance hangout in in the yard, right? It's like everyone has to hear everything at all times because we're all just like sitting here and like there's no, there's none of that like little side conversation that you get Mm -hmm. at like a dinner party or house party or whatever, you know, where, oh, I'm going to go get a refill and somebody just happens to be standing there and you have that little like, connection so i mean that's like what i miss and especially with like zoom and stuff because it's not happening like we're all talking together 
at all times, like at the same <laughs> volume. And that's ha- that's hard, you know? Yeah. So I, I miss that. I miss those little like unexpected moments. I miss talking to strangers. <laughs> I mean, you know, hanging out at a bar, it's not like you're going to see the same. I mean, you do see a lot of the same people every day, yeah. but it's not like you're hanging out with your best friend every day. Sometimes you're just like talking to some, who knows, somebody you'll never see again. People <laughs> passing through yeah. on the train, you know, whatever. Um, I kind of miss that, you know, just like new experiences and, you know, I, I miss that. Uh, like, like the regular one-off. I mean, that's, that's yeah. something that this place delivers is like that, you know, you, you just, sometimes you just boom and you collide with a person and that's it. And you, and you move on and that's that. And yeah. there's always that cool little piece. You've given somebody a piece of you. They've, they've given you a piece of themselves. You've exchanged that, that part of existence. And now yeah. you carry on about your lives. Yeah. Is that, was that something notably different from like maybe your experience at Mizzou? Like as a college student there versus here, because I mean, I would say that the college students that come here very much have a similar experience to the people that come here, living, working, or, or otherwise. That like we do a pretty good job of bringing them in and just being like, Haha, "You get to play townie now, kids." Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say Mizzou necessarily. I mean, I think I think part of that is just. Um, college town culture yeah. of just a lot of people kind of like moving through all the time and having this opportunity to talk with different people and have these different experiences. But, um, definitely different from Colorado. When I was in Colorado, I, I never felt that kind of like ability to like, just go to a bar by myself and like have a really good time. Like I always mm-hmm. just felt kind of weird. Like, I don't know if it was the town I lived in. It was kind of a sleepy town. It was a bedroom community. You know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, there was some college there. I mean, we were, uh, south of Fort Collins, but mm-hmm. not in Fort Collins. <clears throat> and so I would say I noticed a bigger difference when I went to Colorado and, and then came back. I felt like it was a little more, I mean, it wasn't as like easy flowing as like here. Um, but no, when I was at Mizzou, I mean, my friends and I used to joke, like we would sit outside a coffee shop a lot. That was kind of our like place that we would hang out. Mm-hmm. And we just always attracted the weirdest people, like the weirdest people <laughs> would just come sit with us and talk to us and stuff. And so I mean, I have always, I mean, we had that experience that at Mizzou, but definitely in Colorado, it was like not like that. Where it was, um, it was like, why haven't I made any friends yet? Like, this is weird. Yeah. So, where are all the strangers? There's not enough I mean, strangers. There, was, there were strange people in the town we lived in, had a lot of art and stuff like that, but it was just like things closed really early, like mm-hmm. things closed at nine. And um, I will tell you, I had an hour commute one way to work when I lived there, and that Oof. just like drains you, you know? You yeah. don't want to go do anything after driving two hours in a day. You're just like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to watch TV. Like I'm that person. Like yeah. I don't even want to, you know, do anything. Whereas like in Carbondale, there's, if you live in Carbondale, I mean, I, I work with people who do commute from like, you know, farther out. Yeah. So some of us are commuting, but, um, for me, like living here is usually meant like being able to like bike or walk or whatever. And I don't know, that just makes me, I don't, it, it feels better. It just feels better to be like close to where you work. And there's just like more time in a day when you're not commuting, which is something I think the pandemic is teaching us too, yeah. right? There's more time in a day when you're not commuting. Now maybe we're spending that extra time still working. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think some people I've talked to at work have said like they like it because there's no commute and you just kind of start when you're ready to start and end when you got to end. And there's some nice things to working from home. So what, what neighborhood do you and Nathan live in? Like I just like your experience just as 
a neighbor in a space. Like yeah. That, that's, that's an interesting, I mean, do you live over kind of by the Southern or? No, we live in like the professor slums. They still call nice. it that. Yeah. 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 That's um, <laughs> a better name for it <laughs> than what some other people may call it. So yeah. Oh, you, I don't know if I've heard anything else. Oh yeah. No, no. <laughs> professor, professor slums um, is the, is the uh, clean version of, of that. Oh, phrase, okay. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where we live um, over there. Nice. So Halloween, we live in the Halloween street, you know? <laughs> <laughs> where all the trick-or-treaters come, which I didn't know when we bought the place, but uh-huh. after we moved in, somebody told us, and I was just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big fan of the trick-or-treating? Yes, I love Halloween. I love trick-or-treating, so I'm sad. I don't know what's happening yet, but I assume. I don't know. We don't know what happens yet, but. <laughs> we're just going to throw just assuming candy everything. at children as they walk by. I just <laughs> assume everything is canceled Yeah. in 2020, right? I just think we should all just go ahead and yeah, like. Shut it down. Just assume that. Chill out. And then we don't have any expectations dashed. Except for an election. That still goes through. <laughs> that now. still goes on. I was thinking more like fun yeah. things. Uh, yeah. Because fun stuff is where the bad stuff happens. That's, that's it. That's, I mean, this is, no, this, is the, this is the anti-fun virus. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> why, can't, why can't we all, you know, get sick doing stuff that we don't like versus well, doing I mean, stuff that we do like? That's partially true. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's also true that this is like making people sick at work and congregate settings and stuff like that in prisons and um, nursing homes and stuff like that too. So, I mean, like it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, Yeah. I mean, everything is 10 times scarier than it ever was. I feel like (laughs) basically is it's like, that's the reality is like fun is scary. Home is scary. Like everything's scary. I think for a lot of people. Yeah. No, you're, you're, absolutely right not to be a downer you know we just it it's it's going to be this interesting reflective moment in time where it's like you can't not discuss the pandemic in any and everything that you do Mm -hmm. because it is all encompassing right like there there's simply no escaping it and so you have to acknowledge in every action that you take whether it's walking outside in the morning and putting a mask on when you enter a building or you know a piece of performative art uh, you know, where you're just like, Hey, we're doing this, but also haha, pandemic, right? Like, you know, all the, all the folks that I've engaged with over the past several months, it's like, yeah, we just, we're going to talk about it a little bit. We, cause we can't not, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about how this is great, but let's try and do normal at some point in time. We'll see you then folks. Thanks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it changed absolutely everything. I mean, everything is different. Yeah. Not really overnight, but like well. pretty quick, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I think we all will look back and remember th- those like week before mm-hmm. and like how each day it just seemed like a little more like, uh, 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 you know, so, um, yeah, to me it was like a gradual change, but it seemed really fast. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, in the, in the course of, you know, how, how economies and how individuals and how societies like progress, I mean, a, a three month or six month time frame of of mass systemic change is pretty overnight yeah that's <laughs> you right know, you, that's you, right you think of what yeah. it took to put the systems in place yeah. that we exist with now yeah and how this just said yeah. who cares we don't care about your systems no. that you put in place right. or how you put them. you're you're done goodbye mm-hmm. yeah no you're right yeah so yeah in geologic time it yeah. was overnight. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, I should have been. I or been lifetime more, time. In, yeah. in, in, in flugomorphin <laughs> water flow in time. It was, 
Oh uh, man! If Steve, ha- I don't think Steve's a uh, is a is a follower of WTF Carbonell, but if he is and he catches this like little moment, he's gonna of be me like wildly mislabeling don't. things. It's, yeah, we're gonna phone call. Yeah, you will. You You're gonna it, get man. a lesson. Yeah, <laughs> on an M River model someday. Did uh, did is is the uh, is the river model that was uh, at did, have has Little River Research built anything for the Science Center before? Is that a you, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. yeah? There there was. Last I knew, uh-huh. still in M River by Little River at the Science Center. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it would probably be still be the same one. It's like dead center because it's a it's a huge draw. Like it's you fun, walk yeah. in and immediately it's like, yeah, I want to throw the boats. I'm going to watch it go down. I want to put the dam here and I want to exactly. let the water flow there. Yeah. And Adults do the exact same thing. I can tell you. Like put yeah. the boat here, put the dam here, dig this out, see what happens. Yeah. We're tinkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really fun. I, I mean, it's a cool... It's a really cool thing that that he's that he's made and a cool thing in Carbondale for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fun. And I met my husband there, so I have like nothing but good things to say about <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> that's phenomenal. So, did you I, did you ever think that that life would bring you to a to a space like this, or do you you know I mean kind of a kind of a destiny type thing? Like you you are a personality that fits here, and this place is a place that fits your personality. I I feel like. Um, you know, would you have it any other way? No, but I never expected it. I mean, I, I'm from St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis. And so, um, I know St. Louis isn't like a real city, you know, especially to like our Chicago friends or whatever, oh. but it's a city. Okay. Yeah, it's, like it's we a have proper city. multicultural cuisine and like city things. We have city things. Okay. Bands emo, come you have, there. You have, emo, you have emos. Gross. Uh, you know what? I just want to say all pizza is good. All pizza is good. And some kinds pizza? you might like better than others, but I'm not wrong for liking emos. And you're not wrong for not liking emos. We should all hold hands and sing after the pandemic is over. That we had a really good all podcast pizza is here, good. Allie. All pizza is good pizza. This is like, you know, this is my life slogan. All right. Uh, it's all bread and cheese. It's all bread and cheese. It's good. Um, anyway, some of it's crackers and cheese, which is also good. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, yes. St. Louis. Okay. Sorry. Yes. We had to go down that road because I had to say I was from St. Louis. So, um, so I'm from St. Louis. And so that's like a city, technically, you know. And um, so I went to Mizzou, which was like a small, smaller town than St. Louis, obviously, but a little bit bigger than Carbondale quite a bit bigger but um so I just thought that like my college experience was going to be like it for me with small towns like I'm going to blow this coop and go to Seattle or Mm -hmm. Chicago or whatever you know um and so when I was like okay I think the path is leading me to Carbondale Illinois which I like (laughs) never really heard of or like been to Uh and seems really small and sleepy I moved here in the summer so Mm -hmm. I was like there's nothing here Mm -hmm. you know yeah which now I understand summer's the best time to be. Oh my god, didn't it the great? Oh, I love it's being in so town here. nice because, like, especially the people that are left over that like have stayed through the summer that you know yeah. maybe leaving in a couple of years because it's not their permanent place to right. be, and they're just like when they really absorb in a Carbondale yeah. summer. Ooh. Yeah, summer's just fun, and Carbondale was like a lot of walking, swimming. There's just like lots of great outdoor yeah. stuff to do. I'm a summer person, so I'm just like it's the best time. Sunset concerts, all that. Except for 2020, of course, when everything was canceled. Um, but yeah, so I, um, when I first moved here, I was like, I'm going to stay for two years. 
I'm going to work at Little River for two years mm-hmm. and like get some really good experience. Like this is a really cool opportunity where this this guy is like taking a big leap of faith on me as like a recent college graduate to kind of like make this job what I want it to be. And um, so I'm going to like learn a lot and take this opportunity to learn a lot. And then I'm going to like move on and do something else and maybe go back to journalism or like whatever. But you know, move up and out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I fell in love, not just like with my husband who I met, but also like just the place yeah. and like the friends I met and the culture and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I did not expect <laughs> to still be here. Um, <laughs> nobody ever does. No. Yeah, I know. But that's so fun. I mean, uh, one of my friends says, you know, and he says it in jest, but I mean, it's kind of true <laughs> for me. It's been true anyway, is, um, come to Carbondale and the world comes to you. He like said that to me one time as like a joke, and I was like, "No, it's like truth though." Um, that was the day I met Ice Cube, and he was just like, "Come to Carlisle, the world comes to you." I'm like, I know, who, like this is t- so who, cool. Who used that phrase with you? My friend, uh, my friend Jim. Oh, is that one of your phrases that too? Is, that is yeah. totally it. That's, I think but I mean, he was just on. like talking out of his ass, you know, and just said like <laughs> um, said that, and so um, yeah, it, he. Uh, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's been really true for me that yeah. it's just like all these opportunities I never dreamed of um you know career opportunities Mm -hmm. I mean like I I've just gotten really really lucky when it comes to that stuff um to like have the opportunities I've had to you know I mean I never imagined that I would be here in my career too at this point you know and so I've been really really lucky um yeah and met really incredible people too I mean that's kind of what makes it I mean I both places I've worked here it's just been good people um good relationships you know so it's been yeah I don't know mushy (laughs) (laughs) kind of (laughs) mushy well no I mean this is this is a phenomenal place to just kind of like close out I mean you you nailed it you you have you have the proper emotion that somebody needs to have about this place to succeed in this place Mm -hmm. right like you got to have drive but you got to have like the sentiment that goes along with it yeah so yeah um as i'm like fumbling around being like what buttons do i press next um any any other last thoughts as i yeah i I was kind of looking for like a natural transition out of this thing and i just was like ah let's dynamite that idea let's go into final (laughs) rounds let's press some buttons Uh, um (laughs) i don't know i mean i um you know if i'm allowed to i'll just say that that you can uh visit the southern illinoisan at the southern.com the southern.com um (laughs) you know i um you know we we just want to keep our community informed um we want to hear from our community please participate with us. Um, we are real news. We are real people. We are your neighbors. Um, I just want to remind people of that. You know, we read the comment section, even if we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not all bad. You know, I don't no. want to just just sit here and say that, that it's um, a bad thing in the comments. I mean, a lot of our readers and a lot of our community is very engaged and that's a good thing and yep. people are passionate and that's a really good thing too. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, I think, I think sometimes um, it's, it's just easy to forget that, that, you know, especially with some of the changes that have happened at the Southern over the last couple of years with mm-hmm. our printing going to St. Louis and some things like that. Um, a lot of people know that the building is for sale. Yeah. Um, we're still here. We're still local. We're your neighbors. We're real news. Like that's, that's what I want to let people know. And yeah. Stellar. And that's uh that's episode one. 
my guest was Alec Quick, uh, local news editor for the Southern Illinoisan. Uh, short-term uh, Carbondalian to this point, but sounds like lifelong Carbondalian. <laughs> I don't need. Is that what we say? Is it Carbondalian? Is it Car- what, what was the other Carbonite? I like Carbondalian because it sums up that sort of um, like keep Carbondale weird thing. Uh-huh. It's like alien, outer space, like we're strange. Yeah, I don't know. I like that because it encompasses all that stuff. So I say Carbondalian and I spell it like alien. Then that's it. We're Carbondalians, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day.